What's up, everyone, and welcome into episode 34. And on this episode, I will be mainly talking about Big Ten Media Day that's been covered the last two days. I will bring up a couple of things before that were pretty big news in the state of Michigan. And that is the Detroit Pistons decided to bring back the teal jerseys from the Grant Hill days. And for a lot of people, a lot of people are very excited about this. And I was too. I really like the teal jerseys. I think they look really cool. I think they are one of the cooler alternate jerseys. I also love the logo as well. If you haven't seen the logo, I will probably make a post about this podcast that will probably include what the teal jerseys look like, but I think this is a long time coming. I think they need to bring it back eventually, and it's been a big component of what Kate Cunningham wants. Kate has always talked about how he loves the teal, and I'm not saying the Pistons made the decision to bring it back solely based on Kate Cunningham, but if you number one overall pick last year wants something, you give it to him. He should have won Rookie of the Year, and I think he's going to be one of the best players in the NBA in a few years. Do what he wants. Make him happy. And he's not the only one happy. You have Jay and Ivy that's happy. You have the fan base that's happy. Now, you do have specific people in the fan base that are not very happy that they're bringing the teal back. But I think for certain nights wearing it, I think it's a great idea. I think it's something that really needed to happen, and it did. So that was one little news that occurred. Another news is the Detroit Tigers are about to go into a time where they might have to do another rebuild. And this goes off the fact that they're considering trading players like Tarek Skubal, which I don't know how I would feel about that. He's a very young pitcher that has a lot of control left in his contract. He has shown a lot of potential. But at the same time, if you trade him, you're kind of going away from what you've always talked about a rebuild being. And that's building a rebuild around starting pitchers. And yes, you have had a lot of injuries. But now that you don't have enough bats, you're kind of admitting that what you did was wrong and that they need to go through a second rebuild. And while that's okay, I don't think this fan base wants a second rebuild. I don't think this fan base especially wants a second rebuild when Alavila is the GM. And they show their frustration. Yesterday there was a fire of Vila crowd. There were people wearing trash bags on their head. There were people 
having Fire Avila signs in Comerica. And while it wasn't a majority of people, this isn't something that is new, especially for the city of Detroit. This is a lot of what happened back in the Matt Millen days when he was with the Lions. Now, will this mean Alavila is gone? No. Do I want Alavila making these these decisions? No, not really. But is it time for a second rebuild, or is this the team that you can figure out a solution for? I'm not sure. I am really not sure, and I really don't want to find out. I'm tired of watching a Detroit team play bad. I'm tired of a Detroit team being irrelevant. I am tired of the Tigers being horrible. And while maybe the quickest way of getting good is rebuilding again, I'm not ready to go through another rebuild because we have seen what the first rebuild has done and as of right now is a complete failure. Now that can completely change depending on what happens this offseason. But as of right now, it's been a, pretty much a failure for the organization. So yeah, let's Get away from talking about failures, and let's talk about the Detroit Lions training camp started today. Super exciting. Uh, they have Dan Campbell doing up-downs with the players. They have the press back. They have the players back. Everyone's really excited. Football's right around the corner for the NFL. You got the Hall of Fame game coming up in a couple weeks. You got some very exciting things coming up now let's get to what this majority of the podcast will be about and that is the big 10 media day and i really want to focus on michigan and michigan state and let's start with what jim harbaugh said um, he started out with his press conference saying that they had a tremendous season. They've been working hard since the last day of last year. Um, he knows that the clock is ticking and they're ready to start and get training camp underway. And he asked if there was any questions. And of course, there's always questions that Jim Harbaugh needs to address. And the first question that came up is about quarterbacks and about quarterbacks and the transfer portal. Jim Harbaugh was asked about how he's made JJ and Cade work last year and how does he foresee that continuing as they go into the year. And Jim Harbaugh had a pretty good response to it. He doesn't give a whole lot of information. He does say that Cade McNamara is going to be really hard to beat out for the starting quarterback. But he also does say J.J. McCarthy is going to be really hard to beat out for the starting quarterback. 
He basically goes on saying that they're both really good. They ask sometimes at other pitch, at like other positions, who's going to play. And Jim Harbaugh basically said the best players are going to play, and we're going to know the best player by how, how they play, who plays the best. Um, he also mentioned the really cool stat is that Caden McNamara is over 50% of his drives, actually ends in points. He doesn't really know what the number is for JJ, but it has to be high in points as well. The next question that was really brought up to Jim Harbaugh was about last year, about how they knocked off Ohio State for the first time in his tenure, and how the offseason was going. Like, Does he feel like a little bit more relaxed to now beat Ohio State, or do they plan to carry the momentum into trying to beat Ohio State consistently? And Jim Harbaugh's response basically goes, it's a really good continuation from last year's team. He thinks that some of that is on the team. They put in a lot of work. They know what it's like, that feeling of taking care of business and having success and being rewarded with it. He also did mention um, other guys that left the team, like Aiden Hutchinson, Hassan Haskins, who put in work. And he's basically was talking about how the work and what happened last year has just continued to go into this offseason. And it's just been incredible work. And yeah, so the next question is how is this going to continue the momentum? And Harbaugh just continued to say that we're going to have to continue to attack. This is what I love about this team. They literally attack everything that's put right in front of them. Now, the questions kind of switched more to the defensive side of the ball. And he was asked about the new defensive coordinator and how this is the second straight year that there's a new one. It, is there like any new like concepts, games install? And Harbaugh again goes in saying that they're both great, that the new um, DC Jesse Minter is great. Mike McDonald last year's defensive coordinator was great as well. Um, Minter was a secondaries coach. McDonald was a linebacker's coach. And yeah, he just basically went on saying that defense, he's really happy with how they're doing and happy that Jesse Minter got a year of defensive playing call under his belt at Vanderbilt. And then he transitions over to offense and the co-coordinators Sharon Moore and Matt Weiss. And he raves about both of them a little bit. He says that Matt Weiss is really smart. He is one of those people that, that when you're doing a project so detailed, he thinks about like every angle, plans everything out. 
And he basically said he's never met a play I don't like and always feel like the players can execute everything. Um, Sharon is basically like a living environment of both Matt Weiss and myself, according to Jim Harbaugh. And he's also coaching the offensive line, so he'll be able to help them that way. So he was really giving a lot of praise to the defensive coordinators and co-offensive coordinators. He did talk about former Michigan running back and now coach Mike Hart. He's done a great job in the run game. Ron Bellamy, the former head coach of high school in Michigan. I think it was Detroit Cast Tech, I believe. Um, he's basically like another guy like Matt Weiss. He's very detailed, very organized. And a new coach, uh, Grant Newsom. He's the tight end coach. He's tremendous, a great coach. And um, basically, Jim Harbaugh said he really liked his staff and he feels great about both sides of the ball. This next question is one of the more interesting answers, and there's a few reasons why. But um, he asked... What do you hope to achieve this year? And Jim Harbaugh, of course, goes on saying beat Ohio State and Michigan stay in the same year, win the Big Ten Championship, and win the National Championship. Those are our four goals. And you might ask me, like, why is that the more interesting statement? And if you look at it, it shouldn't be. But for a lot of people, Ohio State has always been the goal. I think they didn't really care about Michigan State. I think a lot of Michigan fans don't think MSU versus Michigan is really that big of a rivalry. I think they think Michigan State makes it a much bigger rivalry than it actually is. But I want to make a point here, and it might make some Michigan fans mad, but I think it's a valid point in my opinion at least. I think Michigan State-Michigan is much more of a rivalry right now than Michigan State-Ohio State. I think a rivalry is you have to be competitive versus that team for a decent amount of time. And while you can say that you beat Ohio State last year, for last year, there wasn't very many times it was really that competitive. There wasn't many times that you won. Now, you did win last year, and you finally got that off your back. But at the same time, which games have been much more fun to watch? Which games have been a lot closer in previous years? It's Michigan State, Michigan. Now that Michigan State is included in this, I think Jim Harbaugh has always know that Michigan State was a huge rivalry, but now I think Michigan fans kind of have to kind of like take a step back a little bit and kind of acknowledge, yeah, Michigan State is a big rivalry. Maybe it doesn't mean as much as Ohio State, but honestly, it probably should because I think it's a better rivalry right now than Michigan State or Michigan versus Ohio State. 
I don't think you can really argue that. Going forward, Jim Harwell was asked about non-conference, group of five opponents. Uh, he did talk about the future schedule, and he said, I don't really know about the future schedule, and was asked about like the future decision-making on that. And Jim Hara basically said, we play the Power Five in the non-conference. We played Notre Dame, Washington. We played Group of Five in the non-conference. I'm answering new questions. And basically, I don't know any more information. And the last question, and again, this is kind of a similar answer from Jim Harbaugh is where you get a Texas and Oklahoma coming to Ann Arbor. I'm getting feedback from Michigan fans that they wish there was more of those teams coming to Ann Arbor as opposed to Colorado State, the Hawaii's, and the Yukon's. Jim Harbaugh's response, well, well, you can share that feedback with some point with Ward Manuel, and you guys can discuss it. Kind of a very interesting end to the press conference, but... Let's quickly kind of review that press conference for Jim Harbaugh. I think it was a solid press conference for Jim Harbaugh. I think he said everything that he needed to say. I think there were some questions that were asked of him that were pretty unfair, in my opinion. I think they were towards the later end of the um, press conference, the scheduling. I don't know how much head coaches have a say in scheduling. They probably do have some. But I think the president probably has more, or at least the AD has more. So, yeah, I think those questions were kind of unfair. I think he did a very good job at answering the questions about Kate and JJ. I think he did a very good job of answering the questions on um, defense and offensive coordinators and his coaching staff. And I think he did a very good job of not saying too much, but saying enough. And I I think that's what really good coaches do. I think good coaches can say something materialistic, like say something that's worth something. I'm not giving away too much, and I think Jim Harbaugh does a great job at that and just brings up the fact that, hey, you know what? Our goal is continue to win our rivalries, continue to win the Big Ten, win a national championship, and while I don't know if that last part will come true, they did win the Big Ten last year, and they're going to be a very good team this year, and they have a chance to win the Big Ten again. And I think it will be a really good season for Michigan. I'm expecting Michigan to be very good. I'm expecting the MSU-Michigan game to be very close again. I'm expecting the MSU, or sorry, the Michigan-Ohio State game to be closer as well but yeah i think it was a very solid overall press conference from jim harbaugh now let's go over to michigan state and mel tucker and what he had to say in the press conference today he basically started out saying thank you um commissioner warren for your continued leadership you're doing a great job he basically said, we have shifted our culture at Michigan State. 
It's a relentless culture in everything we do. Culture is how we live and behave every single day. A culture of accountability, attention to detail, hard work. We roll up our sleeves and figure out a way to get the job done. He did mention last year how they went 11-2. and two. Um, Basically said that's a really good step in the right direction. But he also said that no one really cares what we did last year. We certainly don't. We got a lot of work to do. We have improved tremendously this offseason on the field and off the field. We're extremely hungry and we have a chip on our shoulder. We got a lot to prove. We have a very high standard of performance. We decided as a program to attack that standard every day. There's a lot of work to be done in East Lansing right now as we speak. We're putting the work in. We're chopping wood every day. And our goal for us is to win every game on our schedule. That's our stated goal. Our goal is to finish first. That's our goal. We need to bring a championship to East Lansing. So that's what it's all about. So after that, he was asked a couple of questions. And I think this is probably one of Tucker's best answers of today. And, it, and he was asked, can you get into how you're mixed hitting the transfer portal with recruiting? I know you guys have nine four-star recruits in your recruiting class right now. I know you can't get into specific names, but can you just get into how you're mixing the transfer portal with recruiting high school kids? And Tucker's response basically said, it's not very complicated. We embrace the portal. We're going to build our team through the high school ranks. It's very similar to what we did while I was in the NFL. We want to build through the draft. You complement or support your roster through free agency. So the high school ranks for us is the draft. The portal is free agency. I think this is probably the most accurate statement that has been said about the transfer portal and recruiting. And I think it's true. I think that's what really good programs are going to do. I think they're going to want to be able to recruit high high school kids. Now, do I think high school kids will still be hurt by the transfer poll? Absolutely, I do. But if a lot of these programs take this step instead of going after just all transfer polls, I think it will help people in the long run, and I think it will make teams better. I think it will make competition better. I think it will kind of close the gap, at least talent-wise, from the teams in the top tier, like the Alabamas, the Georgias, and then two lower tiers, like Michigan State, Michigan, at least in the Big Ten. So yeah, I think this was a very good answer by Mel Tucker early on. Mel Tucker was also asked um, about his trip to Alabama with the Big Ten and why it was important and what was his biggest takeaway. Mel Tucker basically said that he was presented an opportunity to get better and to learn, and he believed in lifelong learning and certain opportunities like this. He came, um, Commissioner Warren came with this idea a couple months ago, and he jumped on the opportunity. He took away that he didn't know as much as he thought that he knew about the civil rights movement and the fight for the right to vote, slavery, reconstruction, Jim Crow, mass incarceration. It's just a tremendous education for me. It was a life-changing experience. And 
yeah, that's all really good information. I'm glad that he got to learn those things. I'm glad to get that trip done. It seems like it really helped him. Now here are where the football questions begin to come in. Mel Tucker was asked about his impressions on the two transfer running backs, Shailen Berger and Jarek Broussard. He said that Berger came to us mid-year. He got him in January. He's a very talented young man. He's really got into the culture right away, and they're all about that. He's really starting to bond with the teammates, and he's really starting to open up. They've known for him for the past several months, and he's a very versatile guy. He's an excellent rush runner in terms of receiving ball out of the backfield. He's a competitor, and they're happy to have him. Jarek Broussard, he played at Colorado when Mel Tucker was there. He has excellent ball skills, can catch the ball out of the backfield, super hyper-competitive. We got him this summer. He's a guy that can do a lot of things, and basically Mel Tucker said they're happy to have both of them. The next question brought up Kenneth Walker and how he's kind of being used for like recruiting or trying to get running backs to Michigan State. And this, again, was another really good answer. I think Mel Tucker and Jim Harbaugh both had really good answers throughout these press conferences. And Mel Tucker just says that they just tell a story. How he came to us, how not many people knew about him nationally, I saw an opportunity to come to MSU and get better. His goal was to play in the National Football League and play against a great competition. How he came in to work and how he did a great job in the weight room in the winter and continued in spring ball. He walked in extremely talented and raised a level of competition, not just in the running back room, but the entire football room. And basically got what he wanted. He was able to help us win a lot of football games. He's a tremendous leader, a great teammate. Now he's moved on to the NFL, and he's going to have a great career there. It's a great career, and that resonates with players. Next question is about Pat Narduzzi's recent comments on the Peach Bowl, which I talked about in an earlier episode, and Tucker Basie said he doesn't prefer not to go into hypotheticals, especially games that were played in the past and were decided on the field. Mel Tucker was further asked about the new facility in the making and how it would affect the training camp schedule. He said it's going to affect it very little. Our guys are displaced somewhat. The locker room has moved from the football complex to the stadium but the meeting rooms are still in the football facility. This uh, said it shouldn't really affect it too much going forward. One of his last questions that Mel Tucker was asked about is about future expectations and changing expectations and plan to continue to put like his footprint on the Spartan program. Mel Tucker then brings up chopping wood every single day again. He likes that the culture that they have and how they live and behave every day. Those are actions. Those are behaviors. It's a process. There's a lot of laser focus. There's a lot of hunger. We have a chip on our shoulder. All of our guys are bought in, the coaches and the players. It's just a matter of continuing to work our butts off. 
And his last question was asked about Jaden Reed and what it's like to have Jaden Reed as a player on offense and special teams. So it turns out Jaden Reed's nickname was Bird. Uh, Mel Tucker said he's a tremendous player. He's fun to coach. He's always got a smile on his face. As a return, he said he's elite. He's astounding at contested throws. You get the ball. Just get it to him. He's going to find a way to come down. He's very competitive. He's always getting better. He's a great leader for us. He leads by example. And basically, how do you not like a guy like that? He has high level of production. And Mel Tucker goes on and says he believes there's going to be three or four different makers on the team. And how Jane Reed is one of them. So, yeah, uh, that was really the press conference for Mel Tucker. Again, he kind of did what Jim Harbaugh did. He said a lot of things, but not, like, giving too much information. Mel Tucker just continued to talk about hard work, same as Jim Harbaugh. I think both coaches did extremely well in their press conferences. The players got interviewed as well, and they just talked about like the coaches, their time at Michigan State and Michigan. But yeah, overall, just a very good job by both teams. And it's exciting because Big Ten Media Day is done. That means football is right around the corner, which means more to talk about. So yeah, if you liked learning more about the Big Ten Media Day or just liked this episode, go leave a review, go subscribe on the two platforms, or go give it a follow on Instagram. But yeah, thanks again for tuning in to episode number 34, and have a good night.